This is the Make America Grape Again podcast, produced and recorded by Cody Burkett, the Arizona Wine Monk. In this podcast, we explore wines from all 50 states in the United States of America. Before we begin this episode, I want to comment that I am sorry about the jumpy audio quality. Audacity kept freezing up while recording this. I managed to salvage as much of the audio as I could. So bear with me, I'm sorry. Future episodes will be recorded using a different audio program. This is one of a few episodes who got affected while we were batch recording. Those responsible for this issue have been sacked. Now, onward. Welcome to the next episode of the Make America Grape Again podcast. I am your host, Cody Burkett. And I am not. Uh, that would be Gary again. Hi. Today, our focus is Idaho. Now, Idaho has actually been uh, the focus of a couple of gags in popular culture. Uh, ironically enough, all involving sparkling wine from Idaho. My favorite that I've heard about is coming actually from the Muppet movie in 1979. Kermit the Frog orders a bottle of wine from the waiter, who is played by Steve Martin, uh, to share with Miss Piggy. When the bottle arrives, Miss Piggy exclaims, You mad, impetuous thing, it's champagne! To which Martin interjects, Not exactly, sparkling muscatel. One of the finest wines of Idaho. So the thing is, the blend that we're reviewing today from Idaho is coming from the Snake River Valley, AVA. Uh, and it's a Bordeaux blend. And Muscatel is one of the white grapes allowed in Bordeaux blends in Bordeaux. So theoretically, you could make a sparkling Muscatel in Idaho, no problem, if this wine is to be any judge. Now this is a red blend, and it is a blend of 50% Cabernet Franc, 45% Merlot, and 5% Cabernet Sauvignon. Gary, as what would you define uh, as the main characteristic of a Bordeaux-style blend? I would say it is containing grapes that are allowed to be in a Bordeaux blend in France. So predominantly Cab Sauv, Cab Franc, Petit Verdot, Carmenere, Merlot. said Merlot. Did I? You said you meant Malbec, I think. Probably Malbec, yeah. I don't know. I'm terrible at remembering those grapes. All I, in my head, I think cab-based, Merlot-based with some modifiers. So I would argue that those six main grapes would be uh, for reds. Cab Franc. And in whites, it's Sauvignon Blanc, Muscatel, and Semillon, which I always forget exists for some reason because you almost never see it. Uh, as a single varietal. But anyway, this is uh, a state bottled at Hell's Canyon Winery in Caldwell, Idaho. It's coming from the Snake River Valley, AVA. So in order to be labeled as an estate wine, uh, it has to be grown on-site, made on-site, barreled on-site, and bottled on-site at that winery in that area. Correct. Otherwise, you can't call it an estate winery if it doesn't meet any one of those specific criteria. And it also has to be at least 95% estate fruit. You can't be blending in other things off estate to call estate. Now, this wine has an interesting note that you commented in off the bat. And if you would lead us in with that. Yeah, so on the nose, immediately I get uh, nail polish remover, acetone, flaws generally considered to be known as volatile acidity or VA. And it threw me off at first, and I didn't. Didn't love it. And I still don't love the way it smells. What would cause that uh, VA flaw? Oh, God, there are a million different things that cause that. Top five. 
Let's go with the top one being too much oxygen during primary fermentation. Okay. And too much oxygen exposure at any point in time really allows spoilage organisms to get in and basically starts turning the wine to vinegar. However, the power of this wine is really nice. It's phenomenal. I love it. It's... And this raises an interesting uh, comment and con- question that I raised during the, the podcast of pain, which is at point of recording not yet posted, which is what wine flaws would you consider in any form to actually be beneficial rather than flaws, basically, i.e. flaws that you like? And if I remember correctly, because we were pretty blitzed at that point in the night. Um, and also our mouths were on fire. I remember answering that in Italian wines, Britannomyces can be lovely in small doses and nothing else. But I would say in a small enough dose, most flaws can be pretty nice. I mean, granted, I don't love... This would be a far better wine if there were not VA on the nose. This would be an exceptional wine. But even with it there... Idaho, as it turns out, has the oldest wine history of anywhere in the Pacific Northwest uh, in the 1860s. Prohibition more or less killed it. Uh, and then it resurfaced again in the 1970s. The Snake River Valley AVA, as we mentioned here before, is the main area. How much acreage did you say? 1,800 planted acres. So that's over one and a half Arizonas in acreage then. Now, the history of wine gags associated with Idaho wine makes me wonder about the question whether gags such as this really strongly affect uh, oddball wine regions such as for example, Idaho. Oddball wine regions can be gags to an extent. Look past the gag and see there's a reason that it's being made like Idaho or Arizona. This wine is dark. It's dark or as purple for that matter as the Norton that we started this podcast out with. It's showing a illusion of uh, Tawar, which makes me... It's definitely very Tawar-driven, which makes me think again of... I keep coming back to that wine, the, the Tinta Case. The case. And I do detect a few underlying notes beyond that uh, of sort of a lavender, black, lilac. Lilac, that's good. Sherry yeah. palette. It's chalky and dusty and rich and luscious and fantastic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember thinking when we were first pouring this before we were recording, we were. I had said, do we want to decant this? And Gary commented, no, we haven't decanted anything else. And we hadn't. Uh, But this was a wine that would benefit from decanting for sure. I would strongly recommend it. This is the Seven Devils Red, by the way, from Hell's Canyon. The photograph on the label of this wine is the uh, grandfather, I guess, of the winemaker or vineyard owner uh, overlooking a, a glacial valley. It is very, very true to the area. I would say so, although uh, the last time I visited that area was when I was... When I was, like, eight. So I'm not interested in wine, obviously, that eight. I was more interested in dinosaurs at the time. But I'd like to go back and... The wines in this area. Now, Gary acquired this bottle in the liquor shop in Wyoming, uh, where he also tried to find a Wyoming wine, but we'll talk more about that a little later in another episode. Now, Cabernet Franc, if you're not aware, is is one of the two parents of Cabernet Sauvignon. The other is Sauvignon Blanc. Uh, I've always felt that Cabernet Franc was the more feminine 
It's always wearing a red dress, always. It's kind of like the, the woman in the, the Matrix wearing the red dress. Sauvignon Blanc, on the other hand, is definitely, to me, the more masculine part of that uh, ancestry. To me, it's almost always very uptight, like a businessman in a suit, perhaps like Mark Zuckerberg with very limited facial expressions, who almost never cuts loose. When he does let loose, he ends up surfing in New Zealand. Merlot is kind of the other secondary grape of Bordeaux after Cab Franc. Uh, due to that really dark color, it provides a lot of tannins. Uh, the name Merlot possibly comes from Merlet, which is the uh, French word for blackbird, either because of the color or because blackbirds really like to eat them. Uh, and then Cabernet Sauvignon, as we covered, is the main grape of Bordeaux, though it's, uh, like I said, a cross between two other Bordeaux grapes. We'll be meeting Cabernet Franc more in later podcasts, simply because it is a grape that's replanted in the U.S. It's probably planted in more states than almost any other grape, excepting uh, grapes that are used for table grapes or jam, like Concord. But on that note, yeah, it's a solid wine. I look forward to going back up to this area and tasting more. Let's make America grape again. This was an episode of the Make America Grape Again podcast, sponsored, produced, and recorded by Cody Burkett, the Arizona Wine Monk. You can reach us at makeamericagrapepodcast at gmail.com, on Instagram at, at theazwinemonk, or on Twitter at cvburkett. Be sure to also check out our website, makeamericagrapeagainpodcast.com. I'm Gary. You can find me on Instagram at greaterthanwines on Facebook at facebook.com slash greater than wines and by email at greater than wines at gmail.com. <laughs>